You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by... Bet US here with your break from all the high resource five propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Life is back on sports betters, and Bet US has your NCAA, NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to betus.com. Or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BET-US. BET-US for 125% bonuses with our promo code. That's to the top talks promo code. TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BET-US. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Joining me now, the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Lott. Man, that was a lot better one than uh, the one last week when it was just me and Bump. Uh, I opened this almost empty bottle and it sounded like a mosquito fart. <laughs> but that that was a little better. How you doing, Mr. Arrington? It's good. So last week's episode, it was you and Bump kind of holding on the ship when I was out this week. Jason is out and about. We don't know what he's up to, um, but he he is out. So me and you are going to be double teaming this episode this week. Yeah, what I've done is uh, I've, I've uh, had my own little slow insurrection of to the top talk where uh, I come in and I start tearing the show apart from the inside, slowly separating Jamie and Jason. And now my plan's coming to fruition. Uh, I'm going to take this thing over here pretty soon and uh, turn it into a pony podcast. You know, I got way too many compliments about how good the episode was last week. Like way <laughs> too many compliments. But um, it made for a pretty brutal weekend of football. So thank you guys for the uh, the bad luck, the, the grigri, the bad juju, whatever it was that you did last week. To uh, to the game this past weekend. Uh, how are you going to explain what happens this weekend? Now, now that you're <laughs> going to be a part of it, so I'm going to put that back on you. And I tell you too. So I got you guys sent me the episode last Monday night. I was staying at. I have a brother that lives in Santa Clarita, California. So we had been out at the pool all day. We had been watching the game that night, Monday night football. I had just seen the SpaceX rocket launch. Like, you know, I never seen anything like yeah. that in person. So that was cool. And then you guys are like, all right, here's the episode. And I get in there and it's like an hour and 45 minutes. It's like, wow. It's like, we, we want to do a two parter on this or we want to keep it, keep it the same. Uh, is that going to be, it's going to cover my flight back. What's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, first and foremost, Santa Clarita, uh, will antibiotics clear that up? Is that something you got to actually see a doctor for? We're about um, to find out. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, as as a few people pointed out this week, I mean, you know, the 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 adults in charge leave me and bump get a few too many drinks in us. And, and we just had a good old time talking about this and that. That was a great episode. I, th- I think I went on a 15 minute t- 
tangent about an old rivalry with uh, East Carolina to pick a line. So, I mean, that's about how that episode went. Hey, man, it, I didn't I didn't listen to that when I was I just I just cut <laughs> the ends off and slung it out there, man. But I did yeah. listen to it after the fact. It was good. Good, good stuff. So we've got some Southern Miss to talk this week. Of course, the the big news was the game this past weekend. Southern Miss back at the Rock hosting the Troy Trojans. Before we talk about the game, I will tell you that it was a great atmosphere on campus. Um, We had some weather issues. It was one of those things where it looked like all week that it was going to rain on Saturday. We get to Saturday morning. I check the forecast, and they had no rain until late that night. And then I get to the stadium. I get there. We get ready to go to Eagle Walk, and then the bottom just falls out for about 45 minutes. So it kind of, uh, you know, it didn't derail the festivities, so to speak, but it, it kind of put a damper on things. Um, <laughs> but still, uh, a lot of people out tailgating. People came out to see the prom nights in one of my favorite local bands. Uh, just a great, and every, I think everybody's just, everybody's happy to be back on campus and everybody's happy to see everybody. So it really was an awesome environment there at the Ruck. I, I could name, I couldn't name everybody that I ran into or that I said hey to. Uh, it was really just a, it was, it really, if nothing else, it was great to have the black and gold fellowship back on campus. But we did have the game itself and it was not our best performance. I say it wasn't our best performance. I thought defensively we were very strong. We held Troy to just 49 yards on 32 carries for a net of 1.5 yards per carry. Uh, I thought all in all, given the offensive woes, the defense had a solid night. Yeah, uh, special teams play as well, too. I mean, it's it's a shame when uh, you have to use your punter as much as we do. But uh, absolute weapon that dude is. And uh, I mean, it, it really helps the defense out because unfortunately, at this point in time, the offense has not been able to, to do a whole lot of helping them. And I mean, that's really kind of where this game fell apart is the offense just couldn't sustain a drive to give the defense a rest. And we've got really good players on defense and we've got some depth there. But as you wear on and the time of possession battle gets more and more lopsided, those guys get tired. And, uh, when you're not a, uh, a team that's got, you know, top notch recruits at a two deep uh, to three deep on defense, uh, that starts to wear on you later in the game. And, and that's what we saw. Well, uh, really, uh, coming out of halftime, they scored real quick on that drive. That was just good, uh, halftime adjustments. We, we know what Chip Lindsay can do. We loved the guy when he was the offensive coordinator under Munkin here. Um, the guy runs a good offense. So, uh, considering the way the night went and, and that the offense just could not chip in and help at all. Uh, I thought the defense played incredibly well. I mean, they scored our only touchdown of the night with uh, the scoop and score. Uh, so you can't really fault them. You know, you just hope that they can hang in there and, and we don't get too many injuries and, and they can keep, uh, well, not to, to be redundant, but to keep us in games um, until the offense can really get it going because there's, there's talent there. Uh, we just got to get clicking. And, you know, I, I guess the big story of the night, and it's something that I think a lot of us anticipating, anticipated, if not knew, was the quarterback situation. Ty Keys was the starter uh, to, in um, this week after uh, Trey Lowe's injury last week. 
It really was unfortunate what happened with Trey Lowe. Um, looks like he's probably going to be out for a good portion of the season, if not all of this season. Um, but, you know, you, you have a true freshman that you're throwing in there against a very solid defense. Um, you know, has in, in a lot of these, there's a lot of youth out there. It's, it's, it was really tough to expect a true freshman to come in as a double digit underdog and, and come out victorious. You know, so we, we did struggle a little bit, but I thought we had some improvements as well. If you look at what it looked like last week for Ty Keys, and he did have some success running the ball, but as far as passing the ball goes, so last, in last week's game against Grambling, Ty Keys was four for 11, 50 yards and one touchdown. Um, so four for 11, that's left than, less than a 50% completion percentage in this game, 16 for 27 for 157 yards. Did have two touchdowns, was able to complete the ball a little bit better, uh, was able to sling around a little bit better, had a tough time because really ultimately what Troy did and what a lot of teams are going to do from here on out is just commit to stopping the run. And if we can't pass the ball, uh, they're just going to sell out on the run because that's what we do best. So I would anticipate that seeing that for from here on out until we show any kind of a semblance of a passing game. Yeah. It, I mean, when you become one-dimensional, then it's even easier for the opponent to shut you down. Uh, one thing I will say is Keys was slinging some absolute missiles out there. Uh, I mean, that guy has got a cannon for an arm, so much so that uh, I, I believe uh, Baker mentioned it during the, the television broadcast. Uh, the reason that Shirty was out uh, the last week with stitches in his hand is because a Ty Keys pass split the webbing in between the fingers of his hand. Um, Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. The guy is throwing absolute heat out there. And, and really, luckily, he's throwing so hard that there were probably three or four interceptions that could have taken place in that game. But they just hit the defender so hard and bounced off of him. Uh, yeah, Ty's going to get there. He's a super talented guy. He's got the physical tools to get the job done. He's, he's young. Uh, and Troy has a good defense. Uh, I mean that they're really good against the run. Uh, there's a lot of similarities between the two teams. Uh, and I think the real, br- uh, separation point there is that we have a true freshman quarterback that's supremely talented, but nonetheless a true freshman. And they had a graduate transfer quarterback, uh, that was a, a backup SEC guy leading their team. So uh, I think he was able to make a little bit more happen just because he's got his feet under him a little better. Um, we just got to be patient. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to take some time. But I, I do feel like as the season progresses and, and some of this youth gets their experience, as some of the, you know, as Ty Keys kind of gets a better understanding of the offense, I, I think the team's going to get better. How much better remains to be seen, but as good as the defense has played so far this season, how much better would that defense look with an an offense to match up with it? Yeah, no doubt. To give them a break, to give them some momentum. I mean, just to feed off the energy of your offense doing well. Um, You you talked about the youth, both sides of the ball on the offensive and defensive three deep. Or too deep. I'm sorry, too deep. On the offensive and defensive, too deep. There's three seniors on each side of the ball. 
we've got a young team, um, a young team that, that shows flashes of, of talent. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Keyes' helmet came off for a play and uh, Chandler Pittman had to go in and run a wildcat play. And that dude snaked his way up the middle for a first down. Yes. He did. Uh, and you know, he's, he's getting, you know, a lot of special teams working a little bit of work with the offense as a true freshman. Uh, you gotta be super excited about that guy moving forward. Um, you know, the, the, we've got a lot of pieces. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot of work to install a completely different offensive scheme. Uh, I, I guess I'm just going to end everything I say with we got to be patient. Yeah, we do, we do have to be patient, and it's certainly understandable. I mean, it's tough to get in, get you have a, a true freshman at quarterback of all positions get thrown in the mix into, you know, we do run a diverse offense. It's not, you know, it's not a simple, we don't run the same formation every time. It's, it's, uh, it can get a little complex at times. So it's totally understandable. That being said, you see, I was thinking about this. It's, it's like, I really didn't expect us to win the other night, just given the circumstances as, as a whole. I thought we had a chance to win, obviously, but, um, you know, given the way everything's played out, I really didn't expect, uh, a win this season. But do you think that, and I know that Will Hall never really, hyped up the team. He kind of hyped up the program in the direction it was going. You know, I know he had a conversation with Jason that said, said hey, it's going to take time for us to get back where we need to be. Um, but do you feel like the – being disappointed in our offensive performance so far is certainly understandable. You know, I, I don't I don't understand the meltdown that some fans are having at this point, but I kind of figured that we'd be a, a little further along than we are right now. Yeah, I, we all there was a lot of hype and excitement around it. But I, I think if you go back and listen to Will, you know, he, he's the guy is brutally honest. Um, he he's a country monkin, not bunkin. Country monkin. He's a country monkin. <laughs> he I mean, he really is. Monkin was the yeah. same way. He's just honest, just did yeah. not care, told you what was going on, whether you wanted to hear it or not. And. I'm seeing a lot of parallels there as far as just like uh, the way that Munkin started with the program. It needed a little bit of a not a little bit. It needed a rebuilding job. Uh, you know, we need a bit of a rebuilding job here. Not so much as like just lack of talent, but uh, just changing the culture and, and changing the energy around the team. And I think a lot's been done in that regard. And that's hugely important. I'm, uh, everybody I've talked to, you were talking about Spirit Park earlier. Uh, everybody that I've talked to has, has talked about both games and what a cool area that is and how awesome it is to have just a huge group of people in a central area on campus. Not that you can't tailgate anywhere else and be around people, but just the energy and, and excitement over there and the great job that that uh, the, the university's done organizing all that with the food trucks and the live music and just getting everybody together. Um, there's energy around the program. And, uh, if you stay off of Eagle post, you <laughs> won't see too many people just losing their minds. Um, there's going to be some of those people out there. Those people lose their minds over anything. Uh, don't really pay attention to what, what's going on. They'll be losing their mind over something else tomorrow. Um, we, again, it, there's a Munkin vibe to this. Um, just we we even though we lost the game and nobody 
nobody, nobody likes to start a season off by getting our teeth kicked in by South Alabama and Troy for the love of God. Uh, no. But uh, and teeth kicked in is the right thing there. If you look at the scores to both games, uh, you know, it, it just wasn't pretty. But you still can leave those games and be like, the defense is actually pretty awesome. Uh, if we could give them some help, they would be really good. Special teams are solid. Bourgeois is smashing kickoffs through uh, the end zone every time. And he's missed like two almost 50-yard kicks. The the one he missed in the Troy game was was a pretty bad miss. The one in the Grambling game that would have been his career long was a, was barely a miss from 50 yards. Um, uh, punters world class uh make ray guy proud just smashing the ball super hang time killer distance we the offense will eventually get going that is will hall's specialty if you've believed will hall up uh, say anything up until this point you know the man is an offensive coach he's gonna get that going uh one thing that i, I want to be kind of uh, you know brutally open and honest about seeing him on tv on the sidelines the other night at times overwhelmed not in in the right word but i I hope that he's the quarterback's coach he's the offensive coordinator he's the head coach i I hope he's not putting too much pressure on himself yeah uh, he's not overextending himself absolutely yeah exactly because there were times not that he again overwhelmed not the right word but just like i can't imagine the amount of stress that was going through that man's body at that point in time you know he's nobody is more disappointed than Will Hall. Uh, as he said in, in the press conference after the Grambling game, or uh, after the South Alabama game, I believe it was. Now, maybe it was the Grambling game, because somebody asked him if he felt better, and he was like, no, immediately. And he was like, look, <laughs> I don't like losing like that. And he was like, that's just me. So uh, he's nobody is taking those losses harder than Will Hall. Uh, the guy is been proud that he's a man of his word his entire life. And he's given a lot of people his word that he's going to get this thing turned around. And, uh, I, I believe him, you know, I, I hope it doesn't take a long time to get it done. Uh, the, the quicker that it happens, the better for everybody involved, but, uh, the, the ship's going to get righted. Uh, just drink some more and hold firm. And, you know, a lot of the players on off, on offense in particular, the players that are returning were recruited to play a different style offense, you know? Yeah. So, so you're having to make those adjustments. Um, they were recruited to run bubble screens. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And we haven't done, I think we've done that a couple of times, but we haven't done that a whole heck of a lot, especially not last weekend. So. Yeah, use a bubble screen. They're great. They're a great play to throw into your offense, but your entire offense can't be based off of ye old bubble screen. Exactly, exactly. Um, Looking at the defensive side of the ball, Malik Shorts still doing Malik Shorts things. Uh, He's had uh, seven total tackles, as did Jay Stanley. And then you had the big fumble return from uh, Everett Cunningham there to to put the, uh, the the only touchdown on the board in the game. 47 yard fumble recovery. With three minutes left in the game, um, so congratulations to Everett Cunningham for that for that scoop and score there. Definitely uh, gave us a, a highlight in a night where there weren't as many highlights. Yeah, I, I tweeted out uh, Saturday night during the game that I'm uh, if Catherine and I have an, another child, I'm going to name it Malik Shorts. And <laughs> damn, that dude can play football. I mean, he, he is sure really good. He's everywhere. Uh, I love 
we if we're not signing two now Jeff Davis uh, guys a year, but if we're not signing two Bassfield guys a year at least, uh, something's wrong. Uh, those guys are absolute ballers. It's in their blood. And uh, man, I'm happy Malik Shorts is in the black and gold because. He is an absolute beast, and he's all over the field all the time. And uh, a shout-out to uh, whoever in Southern Miss's social media put out the uh, Everett Cunningham scoop and score uh, little photo uh, pl- slideshow play there. Uh, that, was, that was sweet. And we got, uh, we got a little news for the listeners here tonight. Shane, we had a special guest at the game this past weekend. Do you have any insight into that? Yeah, uh, evidently the uh, the Sunbelt Commissioner was in attendance. He had uh, come down from the the Coastal Carolina Buffalo game the night before, especially to to attend uh, the Southern Miss Troy matchup. So that's interesting with everything that's going on. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the Sunbelt is likely our top destination slash only destination if if we're to get out of this conference uh, from the way. Things that have been thrown around uh, with no credible sources, uh, and he, he said, she said, uh, we seem to be a serious option uh, to to go to the Sun Belt. I, I think we fit that footprint and that school model uh, really well, and that's the move that, as I said last week when Jason and I were talking, that's the move I'd like to see us make. Um, so, in my mind, uh, in the fact that he's at that game with everything that's going on uh, is, is a sign in the right direction for me. Yeah, absolutely. You, you definitely have to think, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's definitely been some smoke lately in regards to Southern Miss to the Sun Belt. And there has been some, it's really tough to sort out exactly what rumors are credible and which ones aren't. But, you know, there's been some rumors about the AAC about, you know, three of their schools are leaving to go to the Big 12, but how are they going to replace them? And that has been a bit of a mess. Um, yeah. You know, it, a lot of the schools that have been rumored are also rumored not to want to go. I mean, like at this, at this point, you know, if you lose UCF, if you lose, uh, what is it, Cincinnati and Houston? Cincinnati and Houston, yeah. If you lose those schools, then what, what kind of, what difference is you, is there football wise between that and the Mountain West? What difference is you? What difference um, is you? <laughs> I completely. Uh, I mean, you could make a case that the Mountain West would be the better conference uh, minus those three. Um, you're not leaving a lot of successful football teams uh, in the ACC when you take their three heavyweights out. Um, I mean, those are the teams that have made noise. Memphis is is a solid team these days, and Tulane is a solid team these days. I want to puke saying that for both of them, but uh, I mean it's the truth. They're they're not great, but they're they're solid teams. Um, it was weird the other night. So I watched a little bit of the Tulane Ole Miss game since it was delayed. It was on later in the evening, and so I watched a bit and. It, it, a uh, part of me was happy that uh, Ole Miss was kicking the crap out of them, and a part of me was like, "Well, I mean, Ole Miss is winning, so I can't be too happy about that." Um, you know, uh, East Carolina's down. Uh, I mean, those are three of our rivals. Uh, but do do you really want to go to a conference that uh, the the main draw is we get to play Memphis and Tulane again? No, 
None of you people that complain about this were excited about that when we played Memphis and Tulane all the time. So uh, don't be nostalgic now. Look, uh, look for the better path forward. And I believe my non-expert opinion that the Sun Belt's a better fit for us. Look, we're not getting an AAC invite. We can just go ahead and put that out now. We don't match the model of what they're looking for. They want uh, larger schools and metro areas uh, with – uh, athletics budgets that are two to three times our size. Uh, the, the AAC is not happening. Um, so our other option here is the Sun Belt or stay in Conference USA. Nobody wants to stay in Conference USA. Uh, Conference USA is going to lose some teams in this deal, whether we move or not. But, uh, I just, yeah, <clears throat> it's 2021 and, uh, the reality of the world is we could have some good rivalries with uh, Louisiana Lafayette, uh, South Alabama, and uh, Troy seems to be starting to get heated already, and uh, we're we're not uh, in the conference with them. So uh, there's some teams that are close, and I mean Arkansas State's not far away. They usually have a good program. Uh, if the Sun Belt again hangs on to their teams that they have now, uh, and and brings in a, a Southern Miss and a Marshall is what most of the rumors I've seen are. I'm all about that. That's that's some good football. Um, that's some good football with some some schools that have some fans and and care about what's going on instead of uh, being in a city of five million people with two thousand people in your football stadium. What the hell does it matter? And travel would definitely. I mean, you think about travel right now. You know, it's you know UAB and uh, probably Louisiana Tech are 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 you know they're really the easiest ones to get to, but it is a bit of a haul outside of that. I mean, like the conference is really, really spread out. Yeah. I'd, and if we do move to the Sun Belt, uh, I will miss uh, that we do have a legitimate rivalry with Louisiana Tech. And I would say the big three sports, uh, we've got a rivalry going with them. Um, I, I would miss that. Uh, if we're dreaming about things, you know, down the road, maybe Sunbelt could kick out Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe and stay in that same area and pick up tech. Uh, cause I mean, Monroe needs to drop down to FCS. Let's be real. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I want to happen. That's, uh, that would be interesting football games. It'd be fun to watch, uh, games that matter. Um, and if, uh, Will Hall does what Will Hall says he's going to do. Um, you know, we'll be back to competing for championships here soon. We had a couple of Golden Eagles in, enter the transfer portal since our last episode. Uh, last week, it was announced that uh, Southern Miss defensive back Tyler Barnes was entering the portal. And then today, it was announced that tight end slash fullback Narikas Driver was going to enter the transfer portal. So uh, best of luck to both of them. I I don't think the playing time was great, really. For I mean Tyler, I thought saw the field a little bit, uh, but I don't I don't in that first game. I, I really don't don't recall. I always felt like he was in the mix. So um, yeah, he he played a lot last year. I mean he had like seventy five tackles last year, and then with uh, kind of the infusion of folks we had into the defensive backfield this year, I think he you know kind of took a bump down. And was going to lose a, a significant amount of snaps. So, uh, you always hate to, to lose a guy. Uh, I hope he finds a spot where he, uh, can hit the field and, and, uh, be successful. And then, of course, Narika Shriver, um, 
Yeah, don't know what's going on there. I mean, the the guy has shown flashes of being a uh, a really special talent. I mean, he's got great size, good hands, and speed. Uh, there's got to be a reason that uh, yeah, he'd been jumped on the the depth chart. You know, Cole uh, that is is playing that position for the most part uh, has has done well, has played well. So. Um, you know, it's hard to fault. There's only so many guys on the field that can play. Uh, I hate it. Uh, you, you never, it's early in the season though. You never know when an injury puts you in that starting spot. So, uh, I wish guys would be a little bit more patient. Now, the season's already started. You've played. You're not going to get that year eligibility back. I don't think. Um, maybe if you played in less than four games. I don't know the rules on that. Do you know the rules on that? I don't know the rules on that. I do huh, not. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, uh, I would think since you went through off season and, and started the season that you lose this season, but who knows? Uh, they, they may get that year back, but uh, you hate to see a guy transfer this, this early out. If you're going to, you know, transfer out at that point, do it before the season starts. Maybe you can land somewhere else, but uh, two guys that have talent that could help the team. Uh, but, you know, for one reason or the other, weren't happy. So uh, you don't want anybody to be unhappy. Go do your thing. Yeah, wish best of luck. Yeah, I wish you nothing but the best. So this week, Southern Miss heading to Tuscaloosa to take on the Crimson Tide. That game is going to be this Saturday, September 25th at 6.30 p.m., of course, in Bryant-Denny Stadium. The game will be televised on the SEC Network. You've got Jordan Rogers and Cole. Let's see, Jordan Rogers. Tom Hart is doing play-by-play. Jordan Rogers and then Cole Kubelik on the sidelines. So, again, 6.30 this Saturday night on the SEC Network. If you want to learn more about our opponent this week, the Crimson Tide, just flip on the television. They will be talking about them on every single channel. Oh, and God, won't have they? No trouble finding any news on the Crimson Tide that, that your heart desires. Or if you just go to any Walmart or gas station in South Mississippi and yell out Roll Tide, you will get a response of some kind, which you can. Or uh, meth trailer, wherever. Meth trailer. <laughs> you know, so tomorrow, so we're recording this Monday night, obviously. So tomorrow is uh, September 21st. 19 years ago, September 21st, was the infamous Seymour versus Big Al fight <laughs> back in 2002. How many years ago? 19? 19. 19 years so next ago. year is the 20th anniversary of the Seymour Big Al fight. And um, I spoke. We're going to reenact it. Actually, no, are you? No, we're not. We're not allowed. So that's the thing. Like, if I mean, you know, you guys have heard me talk about that fight on here before. If you haven't, it'll be it's on YouTube. I'll probably share it on social media again tomorrow. It's but worth watching. Check it out. Worth watching. Um, the guy that played Big Al was one of my roommates. We worked for UCA this summer. So we taught camp together. We were big buddies and we plotted this fight out. And we met about four hours before the game. I was Seymour, if you know, if you haven't heard me talking about that before. And we plotted you were out. Big Al. I was Big Al. I was playing both of them. Um, but we plotted out this fight. We we and we we did pretty much every signature wrestling move that you could do. I know we did the stunner, the rock bottom, the pedigree. I did the Ric Flair, Flair slap. Hit him with a trash can. He tossed me through the kicker's net. I hit him with a cheerleading megaphone. Um, but we did about, I think we, he said we did about $600 worth of damage and he had to go apologize to coach Francione. And that week, the Southeastern conference issued like a decree that mascots could no longer interact, uh, during games. 
because you ruined of it for that the fight. entire SEC, Jamie. We did. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, at Southern Miss, I got, I got no trouble. Like, I don't even think, I don't even think Richard Giannini knew that that happened. Like, I, we never, nobody said a word. <laughs> did Giannini know where he was? Um, he was, he was in the Bahamas. He was in the Bahamas. When, when you were talking about the damage done, I want everybody to understand too that that was $600 in 19 years ago money. So that was like, you know, twenty twenty five thousand dollars worth of stuff now. They, they didn't. They didn't have another kicker net. They didn't have another kicker's net for that game. So. Oh my! How times have changed. My times have changed. <laughs> yeah. They. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't want to put one together now. But yeah, I'll share that video tomorrow and put that out there because that's always a fun thing. Um, and really, since well, you know, we we had a good game against them in two thousand five. We just. We had been eating hot dogs and bags of chips the entire week after Katrina, but uh, they um, they have since Nick Saban has gotten there, it's a totally different ball game. So, best of luck to the Golden Eagles. We're never cheering against you. We know you got your work cut out for you this weekend, and whatever happens, we will be behind you. Yeah, I couldn't stomach doing any research on Bama. Uh, I, I so. It, I'm not watching any Bama games. Uh, I don't want to read any more about Bama than I just have to hear uh, flipping through the channels or, uh, you know, them talking about Bama for some odd reason on a game that I'm watching that has nothing to do with Bama. So um, <laughs> let's just get this weekend over with and uh, get conference play started. Yeah, so the following week, October 2nd, we will be at Rice. Uh, which will be, you know, our first conference matchup of the year. Definitely an interesting matchup. Rice is, I, I kind of thought Rice would be a very formidable squad going into the season, and they might be, but they haven't fared, felt, fared as well thus far this season outside of a, a really good half against, uh, Arkansas Razorbacks. So it yeah, they kind of fell apart since then. They kind of have. So hopefully that continues next week and, uh, maybe they can get their footing underneath them after that, but. Uh, so anyways, we got, we've got two weekends before we get back at home for homecoming against UTEP on October the 9th. All right. So it's the time of the show. We got to give a shout out to our friends at BetUS. Bet with a three decade leader, BetUS. Join now with a 125% bonus by using our promo code TTTT125 or a 200% bonus with crypto using our promo code TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet US. All right, so now we get to our picks of the week. And last week, Jason and I fared five and five apiece. We scored five and five apiece on the week, and you, Shane, were four and six on the week. So as of right now, our leaderboard has Bump and I tied 14 and 16, and you're on the season right now sitting at 11 and 19. So um, if you lose using that math, so none of us are above 500 right now. So do not go place money on our picks. Use your own, do your own research, <laughs> make your yeah. own picks, and uh, go out there and, and get paid. And hey, if you do, let us know about it. Let it let us let us hear about it if you if you do get paid. So let's talk about the games that we have for this week. So we have ten games. Usually, a, 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 an all conference USA slate slate. Hopefully, if not, usually a team that we play or some teams in our vicinity. So we'll start off this week. We've got a game. I believe this is on Thursday night. 
Marshall and App State. This game is at Appalachian State. Bump has gone with App State as a seven-point favorite. Shane, what say you? Yeah, um, App State's got another good squad this year. I was really surprised last week when East Carolina went up to Huntington and, and took a game from Marshall. So uh, that being known, I'm going to have to go with the Mountaineers. I mean, not the Mountaineers. Um, what is App? Yeah, are they the Mountaineers? What's App's mascot? I think the Mountain Mountain People. App. <laughs> the Boonites. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll I'll look up what their their mascot is. They are, um, they are the Mountaineers. They are, I, okay. Yeah. I would have said that, but when you questioned it, I was like, "Are they the Mountaineers?" Yeah, I was like, "Hold up, was that West Virginia? Am I just drunk or stupid or both?" Um, Mountaineers could be. They, they beat the Wolverines, which is totally different than a Mountaineer. 30 years ago or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, well, gonna, no, not not 19 years ago. Within the last 19 years. Was it 19 so. years ago? Okay. Well, no, it, it was sooner than that. You and Big Al got into a fight longer ago than App State beat Michigan. Wow. So you're going to go with App State. I'm going to go with App State as well. Let's move on to Middle Tennessee State University and Charlotte. Charlotte is a three-point favorite, and Bump is going with the 49ers and those points. Yeah, uh, three points at Charlotte. Mutsu, uh, I've made my disdain for them clear at this point in time. Uh, They're not good. I'm going with Charlotte. And they had a – I believe one of their their quarterbacks entered the portal today (laughs) as well. They played a half of football and then, like, left. Yeah, yeah. Nah. No, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's very strange. So, hey, maybe this new quarterback could do better. I don't know, but I'm not taking my chances. I'm going to go with the 49ers as well. So we'll keep a clean slate as of right now. Then we've got FIU at Central Michigan. Central Michigan right now is a 10-point favorite, and Bump chose Central Michigan. Yeah, I'm not going to separate myself from you guys since I've fallen behind uh, in the, the pick em by picking the same thing that Bump's picking, but I don't have any confidence in FIU to play the game of football, so Central Michigan by 10. And I don't either. I'm going to go with Central Michigan as well. Then we have Indiana is a nine-point favorite at Western Kentucky. Jason went with the Hilltoppers. Um. I don't really know anything about Indiana this year now that I think about it. Kane Womack was their star defensive coordinator last year. He's now at South Alabama. Um, that's a toss up. I'm gonna I'm gonna this is where I'm gonna branch off. I'm gonna go with Indiana. You know what? I and I'm gonna roll with you. Um I bad idea, but cool. Bad idea, yeah. Jason will finally get his separation this week. But I don't know. You know, Indiana's they, they've kind of been tough this year. Western Kentucky has the ability to, you know, light it up through the air. Uh, whether or not they do that this week remains to be seen, but I f- still feel like Indiana is, is, is a tough matchup. Then we've got FAU is at Air Force. Air Force is a five and a half point favorite. Jason is going with the Owls. Yeah, I'm going to get some more separation from Bump here and go Air Force. Um, don't really know anything about Air Force this year. Uh, five and a half points. FAU's got to go from literal sea level all the way up into Colorado. Uh, those dudes aren't going to be able to breathe. Air Force wins that by a touchdown. All right. I am going to go with 
FAU, I'm going to go with the Owls. And then we have, so then we have UAB at Tulane, Tulane, Tulane. Tulane. Uh, Tulane is a four point favorite and Jason is going with UAB. Man, that's a tough one. Um, that is a tough that's one. an interesting game. Uh, I think. I don't know what time that game is. I hope it's not at the same time our game is because I'd like to watch a little bit of that unless it's on damn CBS Sports, the only sports channel I don't get. Uh, and <laughs> it's, it's on ESPN Plus. It's on ESPN okay, Plus. Okay, good deal. Yeah. Um, is it on the same time as our game? It is. It is. Damn it. Well, you know, halftime when Bama's up by 90, whatever. I'll Maybe I'll check out a few snaps of that game. Um Oh, time to make a decision. I'm, I'm going to separate from bump and go two lane. All right. And I am going to go with UAB. Then we've got UTSA at Memphis. Memphis is a three-point favorite, and Jason is going with the Memphis Tigers. I think Memphis comes into this game a little overconfident because they beat Mississippi State on a crazy play uh, – Last weekend, so I think UTSA uh, slides into Memphis and takes one. UTSA is a better team than I originally gave them credit for this season. It does feel like they are definitely going to be in the mix for the Western Conference title, if not the conference title. So I'm going to agree with you and go with the Roadrunners as well. Then we have Buffalo at Old Dominion. Uh, Jason is going is taking Buffalo and the 13 and a half points. Yeah, I, I split off from bump there for a little while to try to make up some ground, but I can't do it here. Uh, I don't think Old Dominion's very good. Um, Buffalo is not not a bad team. I'm a, I think they can beat Old uh, Old Dominion by two touchdowns. Yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo as well. Old Dominion has just let me down way too many times this season, so I can't let it happen again. I'm going to agree with you guys and go with Buffalo. Then we have North Texas at Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech is a 12-point favorite, and Jason is going with the Bulldogs in that one. Man, look, uh, sometimes as Southern Miss fans, we have it pretty rough. Uh, you know, your your heart gets ripped out and stomped on, possibly urinated upon, and then shoved back into your chest cavity and told to keep beating. Just thank your lucky stars you're not a Louisiana Tech fan. Man, that, that, if, if you don't know by now, they lost to SMU on a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Oh yeah. Uh, last week, and they they, they uh, probably should have beaten Mississippi State. Or you know, that was that first game of the season. Yeah, um, they should have. But to to lose to SMU like they did just is absolutely soul crushing. Um, but I'm going to go with Tech here. I'm going to agree. I think Tech is they they've definitely had some heartache, but they're definitely due. And North Texas just really isn't that great right now. Then we have the Golden Eagles matchup. Southern Miss, a 45 point underdog at the Alabama Crimson Tide. Jason is going with the Crimson Tide. 
I know he is, and that's probably the smart pick, but I'll never bet against my Eagles. Um, basically, this is, can our defense hold Bama to less than 45 points? Because uh, I, I love you guys. Uh, I believe that you're going to get it done before the season's over, and we're going to be a good football team, but I don't think you're going to score on Bama, um, not with the woes that we've had. Maybe this is the, the game where everything clicks and we just come out just world beaters. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles, but I'm, I'm not confident in that. You know, and I think we've, we, you know, I think we what we scored on our first drive this week. I think that we, I think we could draw up. We've played Alabama in the past. You know, I, I remember us. We've we've been able to go down and score early, and then that's been it. You know, uh, just with the, I don't know if the plays have been interrupted. I don't know if we're capable of doing that. But but two, you know, maybe they get a lead and and we're able to, you know, make up some points at the end. Um, who knows? Who knows what's going to play out? 45 points is a ridiculous amount of points. And it's it, it, given how we've played lately and given how they've played, I think that's a fair line. But I can't I can't take uh, I can't take 45 points. I'm going to I'm going to go with the Golden Eagles. And uh, regardless of the outcome, hope for the best. Hope for a, a safe game. <laughs> <laughs> hope we can we can make it through it and, and on to hopefully this will prepare us for the rest of the season, because this is definitely going to be the, the toughest team we're going to face. Please, no injuries. I just want to come out of this, no injuries. And this is one of the rare times where we faced the number one team in the country. Yeah. You know? Um, man, it just, uh, I, we didn't expect to be at this point uh, in this season. We, I mean, going into the Bama game, it wasn't like, oh, we've got to beat Bama. Um, I, I don't think we're going to beat Bama, but. Uh, we had a little higher hopes, or I, at least I can say I had a little higher hopes. Uh, but um, uh, I guess it's time to kind of recalibrate and uh, and get expectations right. Uh, I said last week that I didn't think the the floor was less than six. That you may have to think about that now. I, I, six wins, we've got to win five more. Looking at our schedule. That's kind of tough, uh, and you know, next week is is definitely not going to be one in the win column. So we're yeah, for us to win, so we're we'll be you know after next week we should be one in three, um, and then you've got eight games to go. So you're going to have to win five out of three of those last games. So you've got Rice, UTEP, UAB, Middleton, North Texas, UTSA, Tech, and then FIU. And I mean. It's. It, I think six wins is definitely possible. I don't know if it's. I don't know if we'll, we can get more than that. Uh, we definitely could get less than that with kind of how things are going. But like I said earlier, I kind of think we'll get better as the season goes along, and this will probably be one of those seasons where we'll lose to somebody we're not supposed to lose to, and we'll beat somebody we're not supposed to beat. You know what'll help? Oh. It may not help us win football games. I want to be clear about that. I don't recommend that the players go out there after sipping on the brown water, uh, but it'll it'll help the way I feel for sure. Some NFL news this week. Former Golden Eagle wide receiver Quez Watkins had a 91-yard reception against the 49ers. Did not score. They were able to kind of wrangle him in there at the end, but 91 yards without a score, that's that's impressive in of itself. According to some of the stat heads on Twitter, he had the fastest. He so he is he was clocked 
at 221.62 miles per hour. That is the fastest that they've uh, tracked a ball carrier in the NFL this season. So yeah, that's I think I hit that on the street in front of my house the other day. I you know, I really got in the groove. Uh, I was in the car, but <laughs> right. um, Jesus, twenty one point six two miles an hour. Go ahead, Quez. That's real. I mean, I'm trying to think of like at the zoo. You know, you go to the zoo. They're like, oh, this animal runs this fast. I'm trying to think of what animal is he faster than. Well, it, it better be an animal that you're around with a friend that's slower than you. Um, that's all that matters. Because twenty one point six, whoever's the slowest is a dead man. All right, let's see. I'm gonna look. Let's see. Fastest animals. Let's see if there's cheetah. Anything. Cheetah's way up there. Moving on down. Uh, I'm in the top fifty here. We're getting down to. <laughs> Let's see. I will say a hyena is 37 miles an hour. That's fast. Uh, I will say that, uh, Jamie, uh, you know, talking a little noise about Jason and I's, uh, hour and a half long episode last week, but never once did we discuss Googling the fastest animals on that podcast. Yeah, but I'm curious. Okay. So (laughs) Usain Bolt was, was, uh, 29.5 miles an hour in one of the strides. And then the his average speed of the race was 23.4 miles per hour. So that's pretty fast. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So I don't know what, I don't know what, uh, a wombat is 25 miles per hour. A wombat? A wombat. Holy, that's, it's, uh, wombats are like chubby little rabbit bears. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. That's, uh. That's crazy. That's the speed there. So, yeah, that's that's pretty. Is that kilometers an hour? No, that's that's uh, nope, it is not. Because they I, use those where the wombats live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this is Wikipedia, so. Oh. Yeah, get, a wombat went in there and was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this well, is how fast which we wombat updated this? A, che- a cheetah, by the way, seventy-five miles an hour. So Quez is not a whoa. He's not a, he's not a cheetah. I, I was really in my mind. I was thinking like cheetahs, like what forty-five miles an hour? Seventy-five is absolutely insane. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I'm I'm kind of surprised too, but you know, hey, God bless them. Huh. Yeah, tune into To the Top Talk for your animal for, facts. Also in NFL news, former Golden Eagle running back slash wide receiver DeMichael Harris was elevated to the Colts active roster this past weekend where he joined the Colts. Um, so glad he's back on the active roster for the Indianapolis Colts. Shane, do you have any of any other sports to bring us up to speed on? Sports? I'm not familiar with this term. Uh, yes, there was a ton of action, uh, this past week, uh, with, uh, with non-football sports, uh, to get us started off. Soccer had an incredible week. Uh, the ladies now stand at six and two and two and oh, after a two and oh week, uh, just a couple of really big wins for the program Thursday, the 16th. Uh, came up to my neck of the woods and beat Charlotte two to nothing. That was the first time that the Lady Eagles had ever 
one at Charlotte in the history of the program. Um, soccer is huge here in the Carolinas. Uh, there's a, a professional women's team in, in Cary, the next suburb over. Uh, there's soccer fields everywhere. Uh, it's a religion here um, that that win cannot be understated. Um, big, big win. A uh, couple of goal scorers in, in that game. Uh, Sam Stiglamere, uh, that was on an assist by uh, Ariel Diaz, who's the uh, last season's Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year and the preseason Offensive Player of the Year this year. Uh, and then she got in on the goal scoring action herself. Uh, later in the match in the 61st minute uh, on an assist by Blessing Kingsley. Uh, so, again, gigantic win at Charlotte, uh, you know, kind of shows that the Lady Eagles are taking that next step as a program to, to compete with the top teams in the conference. Uh, and to kind of reinforce that, they turned around on Sunday there in Hattiesburg, uh, the 19th, and beat Marshall 4-2. to two. Uh, big scoring first half. All the, all six goals by both teams were, were done in the first half. Uh, and, and kind of to, to go along that same, uh, vein with, uh, the first win over Charlotte at Charlotte. Uh, the Lady Eagles had not beaten Marshall since 2007. Um, so that's almost as long ago as Jamie fought Big Al. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and scored four goals in that match. Uh, the four goal scorers for us there were Ryan Smith, uh, Mia Sadler, Blessing Kingsley, and uh, Ember Temple all scored uh, against Marshall there. So that moves the Lady Eagles to 2-0 and in conference play. Uh, next up, only one match coming up this week. Uh, they're breaking the streak of, of two matches a week, and here for the next few weeks just doing one match. Uh, Friday, September 24th, they are at North Texas. Uh, North Texas currently stands at 6-2-2 two and 1-1 two and one and one in Conference USA action. Uh, this past week in, in opening Conference USA play, they lost 2-1 two and 2 and 2 overtime periods to Florida Atlantic. Uh, and then they got a 3-0 win versus UTEP, uh, in Denton. So, uh, again, next match against uh, at North Texas and Denton, Texas on the 24th. <clears throat> Let me get a sip of this whiskey here. Uh, next sport, men's golf. Uh, James, uh, Jason and I, <clears throat> excuse me, had talked about this a little bit because uh, golf teams are playing on uh, one round on Monday, two rounds on Tuesday. Uh, for these uh, first few tournaments. Uh, so as we recorded last Monday night, we knew what had gone on in the first round. Uh, the men ended up placing three, uh, third out of uh, 21 teams at the Gen- Gem Rivers Intercollegiate at Louisiana Tech. Uh, Hunter Atkins shot a two-under final day to finish second overall. So uh, pretty strong performance there, 21 teams finishing third, and, and our, uh, our kind of leader of the golf uh, team there finishes second overall. So strong, strong day. Uh, again, they're playing Mondays, Tuesdays right now. So currently, uh, finished day one of the Husky Invitational up at Washington. Uh, I can only imagine how beautiful that course is. Uh, currently the Eagles are tied for 11th out of 16 teams at plus three. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, and tied at 11th with Long Beach State and Cal Poly. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to know. 
maybe Jason, he's, he's got some ends with the golf program talks to those guys, how we got involved in this tournament. Cause it's a long way from home and it's a lot of West coast teams that we're playing in it. Cool that we're there again. Uh, it's in Washington state. So the uh, university of Washington's, uh, tournament, I'm sure it's an absolutely breathtaking course. Interested how we got involved with that, but, uh, the guys will finish that up Tuesday. The, uh, it's today the 20th, so tomorrow's the 21st uh, with a couple of rounds tomorrow. Uh, you keep an eye on, on Twitter. They'll update you on that, and, and I'll recap it next week when we talk again. But uh, when we talk next week, they will be uh, up in my neck of the woods. Uh, they will be playing at a tournament hosted by Wake Forest in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, at the Old Town Club Collegiate. Uh, that sounds fun. And if you know anything about Wake Forest and Winston-Salem, I bet that's super snooty. Um, and thought the Washington course was nice. They probably, they don't have uh, carts on this course. They just carry you around. Um, so that will be uh, next Monday, the 27th, and uh, Tuesday, the 28th. And then I, I believe, not looking too far ahead in the schedule, I think the next weekend they are back actually in Raleigh uh, at a tournament hosted by NC State. So if um, I can slip away, then I will try to get over there and uh, do some words of encouragement, maybe some fireball shots with, uh, with the golf squad. Hey, there you uh, go. Next up. Men's tennis, uh, got it kicked off. Uh, they were this past weekend, uh, Friday the 17th through Sunday the 19th at the Sanford Invitational. Uh, the Golden Eagles picked up 20 wins across singles and double play over the weekend. Uh, Christopher Kahur, uh, Durov Sunish and Almajan Nabiv. And uh, me being stupid really, really uh, cuts this to a, a bad experience for everybody. I'm apologize. But uh, those three guys all went three and oh in singles play and Kahur and Nabiv uh, did not drop a set all weekend. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, collecting 20 wins over the weekend is nice. Uh, men's tennis team had a, a pretty solid season. Uh, I guess uh, a, a COVID season earlier in the year. Um, and so I uh, was excited to see if they can keep that going. Next up, they host the Southern Miss Fall Invite, and that'll be Saturday uh, here the 25th and Sunday the 26th. Uh, next up, Cross Country kicked off their, uh, their season. They finished 7th out of 21 at the North Alabama Showcase. Uh, the, the high finisher for the Lady Eagles was Lena May, and she finished 16th overall. Uh, the cross-country team is off this next week. Uh, women's golf was also in action. Uh, they were over at UAB-hosted tournament, the Hoover Classic, uh, the 20th and the 21st. Uh, friend uh is the absolute leader of that uh that team she is currently tied for fourth after a 73 uh score in her first round one over par um uh just a a really good golfer uh the team is actually in second place at uh at plus 15 right behind fau which is in uh first at plus nine so uh the ladies as well as the men will be uh getting a couple of rounds of golf in tomorrow uh good luck to them hope they can finish it off uh after this weekend the ladies are off until october 11th um The women's tennis team was not in action this past week, but they will be uh, getting it 
uh, getting the season swinging this Friday, uh, the 24th and Saturday at the Northwestern State Fall Invitational. Uh, and the last sport that was in action, uh, this past week was volleyball. Uh, volleyball was back in Hattiesburg at the Wellness Center where they have been seven and oh after this weekend, uh, at home this year. The Lady Eagles are eight and five, zero and zero on Conference USA play on Friday, the 17th. They got a three to nothing win over Eastern Kentucky and then also a three to nothing win over Lamar and then turned around on Saturday and got a three to one, uh, win over Chattanooga. So again, the ladies are seven and oh at the Wellness Center there in Hattiesburg. Uh, hopefully some of that home, uh, good luck will translate to the road here soon where we haven't had as much luck. Uh, but got a home match coming up against Southeastern, uh, in Hattiesburg, uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, the 21st, uh, and then back in action to start Conference USA play at UAB, uh, Friday, the 24th at six o'clock and Saturday, the 25th at two o'clock. And, uh, yeah, that's, I told you there was a lot going on. It's back into me, uh, telling you 20 minutes of, uh, of sports news at the end of the show. Well, let's give some shout outs. Uh, you know, and I can't name everybody that I ran into this weekend for two reasons. One, it's too long of a list to, to list. And two, I don't remember running into some of you. So fuzzies gotcha. Fuzzies. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's give a shout out to a few. So, you know, one of the things that uh, coach hall, mentions is, is bringing former players to campus and it was really good to see several of the former golden eagle superstars on campus of course marchant kenny season tickets are right next to mine so always good to see marchant ran into de quincey scott uh dq's like a family member so it's really good to see him and then rod davis um uh, you, those three i mean you could suit up on pretty much any team and they can go to work but uh they've gotten a little older so they can't do it as well right now but they're still they still look like they can ball out uh, Jamie Kessler made the drive all the way from Kentucky to come down and support the Golden Eagles. It was good to see him. At our tailgate, Tink and Laura both had birthdays this past weekend. Uh, also, Kirk Overby repping the To the Top Talk tank top. He got some love on the uh, flex cam uh, showing out. Arms are like I my – I saw that. His biceps are like my thighs. They're pretty uh, – Pretty stout. I don't have like massive thighs or anything, but he's <laughs> Jimmy measure. Has incredibly muscular. I got incredibly muscular thighs, man. Thunder thighs, they call me. That's what they. The next, uh, the next to the top pick collage that you post is not us drinking, but it's all us thigh flexing. It's all and, thigh uh, flexing. Everybody can see if they can pick Jamie's massive muscular thighs out of the lineup. When I when I walk down the aisle at Planet Fitness, everybody gets out of the way. They don't want to. <laughs> they don't want to trip over these tree trunks. Um. Stan Hewitt got to catch up with good with Golden Eagle fan Stan Hewitt. Always good to see Stan. Uh, then got to give a shout out to our our uh, I don't know what you call her. She's our she's our Dixie darling. I don't say it's like our, our I want to say our favorite because that's not really fair. But yeah, okay, she's our favorite. Mallory Jordan Bunkley, Dixie darling. It's good to see her out there doing her thing for the Dixie darlings. Shane, do you have any shout outs or did I just did I just like engulf the full shout out a lot of time? No, I, I got a few. Uh, they're not Southern Miss related, but they are whiskey related. Uh, our friends, uh, Jamie Ferris and company over at Lincoln Road Package Store released a Four Roses single barrel this past weekend. Uh, Jamie and Jason once again committed federal crimes for me. Uh, and, uh, I appreciate the, the homie Mark Doliak, uh, is, is gathering those up and, and gonna send uh, a package of delicious rose whiskey. 
to North Carolina. So thanks for the help there, boys. Uh, sorry to take time out of your busy Saturdays to get you to go to the liquor store for me, but uh, I live far away now. Um, speaking of whiskey, uh, I, I'll tell everybody what uh, I was thumping on tonight. Uh, so I started off with a Blanton single barrel. Um, Blanton's pretty good stuff with lower proof. It, it was good to kind of get warmed up going in on that. Uh, my next thump there, which uh, I may have hidden behind uh, me running my mouth, but is a, a WB Saffle. Uh, so Wild Turkey is owned by Campari, uh, the, the liquor conglomerate. And Campari decided that they wanted to do this Whiskey Baron series where they did like homages to uh, historical whiskey figures and uh, tried to match. Um, I'll just use the the word historical again, flavor profiles of, of whiskey from uh, back in the, the early days of whiskey. So W.B. Saffle was a, a, uh, a distiller back in the earlier days. And this was an attempt, uh, kind of a special release by Campari that is wild turkey juice blended to meet a certain plate flavor profile. Uh, they come in these little 375 milliliter bottles that are, are, are kind of small and expensive <laughs> and, uh, pretty tasty stuff. And last but not least, uh, there towards the end, uh, I got back into a uh, Maker's Mark private selection from a Raleigh Bourbon Select group that I'm a member of up here. Uh, the name of it is Nilla Makers. Uh, it's got a, a sticker on the back of it uh, in, in the whiskey world. If you're familiar with tater stickers is, is what they, people call the stickers that these people, uh, when they do these barrel picks, put on there. But uh, this does on the finish taste like you just ate a Nilla wafer cookie. So uh, it, it looks like the label of a uh, Nilla wafer box, but it says Nilla makers on it. Uh, and it is, uh, yeah, it's liquid Nilla wafers. Pretty good stuff. That sounds good, man. Sounds good. Well, you enjoy yourself there with all that. Yeah, I just got to make it downstairs. <laughs> well, hey, before we before we shut it down, uh, you know, just kind of a, a friendly reminder to everybody to just, you know, keep in perspective. Stay off Eagle Post. Stay off Eagle Post. You know, it's been we've been through a lot, particularly in the past ten, 10 years. Yeah, been through a whole lot in the past ten years, and you kind of think, well, you know, it's been ten years since we won a championship. It's been what six years since we've played for a championship, um, and there's been a lot of a lot more downs and ups in between. So, you know. Kind of keep everything in perspective. We're not. We're. It's highly unlikely we win this weekend. It's. Uh. We. We know what kind of thing we have right now. It's going to be a. It's going to be a challenge this year to have a winning season just with what we have. Hopefully we'll get better. Hopefully things improve. Hopefully you'll have fun coming out and supporting the Golden Eagles. But uh. Don't don't drive yourself crazy with. Yeah. The realignment talk with. You know with with graphics that another school may put out after they play us. Uh, you know, just, just, just keep an even keel. Enjoy the season for what it is. They're, we're going to get better. I think that's evident. This, this season kind of reminds me a little bit of 2014. You know, last year we had a really rough season, but we, we just, we went out of control at the, in the last game. And I think it kind of gave us a little bit of false hope heading into the season, this following season, like it did in 2014. I think we won like what, three games in 2014. Three or four, I can't remember. But it, it was an upgrade from where we were, but still not where we wanted to be and, and certainly not where we were in 2015. So, uh, man, just, just, just take care of yourself. 
enjoy Southern Miss sports for what they are. And we'll, we'll definitely be back here for you next week to banner about our victory over the Crimson Tide and all of the uh, elements that we've partaken in before making such a, a statement. It's supposed to be fun, people. We, we, we all do this because it's supposed to be fun. Go tailgate. Have a great time. Hang out with your friends. Hang out with your family. Go to the game. Scream your head off. Drink some more. Have a good time. At the end of the day, uh, you can bet on college football. If you do bet on college football, please use BetUS uh, and, <laughs> and use one of those codes. But uh, it's, it's not life or death. Um, you know, you just have a little perspective there. It's, it's great when we win. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, it's great to have school pride and school spirit. Uh, but if it, if it's to the point where it's detrimental to your mental health, uh, to take a step back and, and I mean, look at priorities and, and yeah, this is fun. It's supposed to be fun, but don't take it too seriously. Don't drive yourself crazy. The Eagles will be back. You'll be able to beat your chest one day and, and be super proud that you're a golden eagle. I believe that Will Hall will get us there. But, uh, you know, just deep breaths. I have, I have to tell my two-year-old all the time, deep breaths, let's count to four. Uh, don't don't take this stuff too too super seriously. It's It's a hobby. Nobody is going to live and die based off the results of a football game. And uh, let's let's just keep it in check for better days, and we can go nuts and do fireball shots and, and uh, scream till we're hoarse. And if you know where Jason Bailey is, let us know. I was like, where in the world is Jason Bailey? If you guys see him, uh, if you spot him on the streets or anything, let us know where he's at. Yeah, and, uh, it's, it's weird. He just kind of disappeared today. Um, who knows? He just, I mean, he might, he might have joined a, joined a cult out west. It, we don't know. It sure seemed like it. Uh, the, it. I'm not sure if it was a ransom pitcher or a call for help that came through earlier. Um, but bump, we're worried about you. Um, don't don't join the cults. Um, stay away from magic underwear. I just I just drove by Fourth Street. I did not see his jeep out there. Well, something's um, definitely wrong. Something's definitely going on. Well, hope you guys enjoyed it, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi... Put you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg. Never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football but southern mississippi is a whole lot better than you when the football season is over and done the fans 
and cheer in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980 